Welcome to episode 17 of Ion Horror. I'm your host, James J. Edwards, and with me, as always, is Jacob Davison. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing great, and happy to be back yet again. Yet again. And uh, also with me is uh, your other host, Jonathan Correa. How are you doing, John? Doing great. Hey, guys, it's our first one of the year. 2019, here we come. Yeah. Happy New Year. And they said we wouldn't come back. <laughs> no, I think I said that. <laughs> well, we proved you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shows what you know, James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, it, it, we're, we actually, this is pretty regular schedule for us. We, it's, it has not been that long since we talked. So what have you guys been up to in, you know, what, the, the 10 days since we talked? <laughs> Jacob, what have you been doing? Um, not much. Uh, still been, uh, you know, doing work with the Arrow Theater. Um, had a great New Year's Eve. Uh, got some big sandwiches at Cantor's Deli, and then finally saw a Terror Train for the first time. So that was yes. cool. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, we did our annual screening of, uh, Duck Soup, so that's always fun. And, uh... Yeah, I've been making great use of MoviePass. Uh, ah. Not on not on the horror front, but um, I saw Spider in, Into the Spider Verse for the third time today, and <laughs> still awesome. Wait a second, wait, wait, wait! You're able to get your MoviePass to work? Or, or sorry, A list, A list. I meant. A-list. Oh, okay. I, I was about to say, who still has MoviePass? And if you do, how the fuck do you get it to work? Because like, yeah. sorry, brain fart. <laughs> I ditched Movie Pass um, after not being able to see a single movie in November, so yeah. I canceled it because it's like if you use it once, it pays for itself. But they make it so you can't even use it once. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's why I switched to A list. I just got A list. Yeah, but yeah, so saw Spider Verse for the third time, and um, see, I saw Vice a couple days ago, and. Uh, well, kind of on kind of on the horror front, I I saw Aquaman by James Wan. Korea, what'd you do? Uh, how was your New Year's Eve? Well, my New Year's Eve was uh, pretty good. Just went to a friend's house, had, had a couple beers, you know, just uh, you know, being trying trying to do better, trying you know, taking uh, Dean Wormer's words to hearts, you know, <laughs> drunk, fat, and stupid is no way to go through life, you know. So trying to work on that. Um, also trying to catch up on um, going to the theaters. I signed up for. A- AMC A-list and I went and saw Spider-Man which was phenomenal. Not horror related but yeah. still everyone oh, should yeah. see it at least once in theaters. But I have been catching up on my Blu-rays because I'm an avid blue Blu-ray collector and buyer but I, I work over 60 hours a week so it's difficult for me to you know sit down and watch them but I've been catching up lately. I've uh, been watching a lot of good stuff. I finally watched Spice with Chance the Rapper and um, Zazzy Beats which was, was alright. It was okay. Um... Finally watched the original Haunting, House on Haunted Hill, 1999. Um, watched Girls, The Girl with All the Gifts, finally. Holy shit, did I love that movie. That was yeah. phenomenal. And um, been catching up on James Bond. Never watched a James Bond movie, so I've been working what? my way. Just wait, watch. wait, wait. Never, like not a single James Bond movie. Okay, there's I've, like thirty I've, of them. I've seen the, I've seen most of the Daniel Craig ones except for Spectre. Um, but most people have yelled at me when I say I've only seen most of the Daniel Craig ones. So I'm starting from the beginning and I'm, I'm enjoying that. Like it's actual spying with the first ones, you know, it's a lot of like it. uh, I've noticed a lot of the early, like Sean Connery ones, it's mostly him like fucking up and then like 
dealing with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it's always like, oh, I didn't check this one thing, or oh, they worked their way around my very not that good tactic. But then he always comes <laughs> out on top, which is cool. It's problematic with like how they treat women and non-white people, but you know, uh, everything else is cool. Yeah. But I do have to say, I took advantage of uh, Voodoo's disc to digital, and I got a few titles. One of which was a simple favor. Oh yeah, did you love it or did you love it? Oh, did I? Did I love it? Are you kidding me? That was so up my alley. A simple favor. If you guys, <laughs> if our listeners don't know about it, is a sleeper <laughs> film from last year, directed by Paul Feig. You know, freaks and geeks, bridesmaids, female Ghostbusters, and it's got. Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, and it is the best Lifetime original movie ever made, <laughs> oh but it wasn't God. made for Lifetime original. This film is like the ah. perfect concoction of like John Waters uh, humor minus the whole like his like, you know, over the top trashiness. Just take like the overall humor of him and like apply it to like a 90s erotic thriller, but oh, like made nowadays. I was joking after I saw it that that um I thought that I had like gotten up and taken a piss and come back into the wrong theater because it gets to a point like about halfway through where it just takes a left turn and it actually becomes a Paul Feig movie because it, yeah. it's it's not really a Paul Feig movie until it gets to that last act. But it's it it's it it, it was Probably, it was my number six of last year, but then I saw, and don't look this up because it'll kill it for you, I saw the original ending on YouTube, and it is this stupid little flash mob dance scene that oh, is, God. it will make you cringe. Don't look it up. Don't, I'm, I will. Don't, I you, will. If you, you like know, it, it, here's <laughs> the thing. I'm trying to talk you out of it. Is a simple favor just has this, like, its humor um, just reminds me of a lot of, like, uh, of a lot of queer cinema, you know, like, especially, like, James Wales had that, like, very distinct type of humor john waters has it too and like it just reminds me of a lot of like uh cinema uh, lgbt cinema and it's just so deliciously devilish with all of it and you just, say it's campy uh, oh yeah that's the thing is it, it is it is but it it takes itself just serious enough where it, it walks that fine line where it's not too campy, but it 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 should be. I don't know, man. Like, I just I, as soon as I finished it, I texted Lindsay and was like, "You need to watch this movie because I need to talk to people about this because this is just like my kind of trash." It's it's a lot of fun. It's funny. Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively are two of my ladies. I love those two both. And when uh, when I saw a Simple Favor, my wife was with me, and um and there's one scene, you know, it's not too much of a spoiler. There's one scene where they where they kiss, and. Uh. And my wife, my wife is like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. And then one of them says, let's order a pizza or something like that. And I'm like, okay, now this is like my dreams. <laughs> they, and, and it, that isn't a spoiler. And it's, it's weird because like you get, you, I, sometimes when I watch movies, you know, you jokingly go like, oh, why don't they just make out already? But those two, <laughs> especially early in the film, just like have this like energy and this like flirtation with each other that is just so riveting like i'm sitting there and i'm like man i feel really douchey for being like just make out already but jesus christ just make out already <laughs> you know yeah i loved a simple thing i remember talking about it when i first saw it so this this if, if you're a regular listener this shouldn't be new to you but uh let's reiterate see a simple favor yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot it's so much fun uh 
But yeah, so is it an actual Lifetime movie? No, it's no, not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was in theaters. Yeah. It, oh, it, it yeah. had a small run. It just came out of nowhere, it felt like. Yeah. like oh, I remember one day I looked up and there were billboards all over LA and I was like, what the fuck is this movie? This is the one, the big promotional campaign for it was like, um, I think Blake Lively unfollowed everybody on her Instagram that wasn't named Emily. And, yeah. um, and, and the whole, the whole, pro, the whole, uh, campaign for it was based around where's Emily because she, her character's named Emily and she disappears. So that, that was kind of the whole thing. So you or may have, does you know, she? Or <laughs> Uh, yeah. Speaking speaking of that sort of stuff, there I actually did watch this straight up uh, parody uh, type life lifetime uh, lifetime uh, TV movie thing it's called Mother May I Dance with Mary Jane's Fist, a Lifetone original movie, and uh, I looked it up. It, it okay, so it was made by Mary Elizabeth Ellis and Artemis uh, uh, Pebdani from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know the waitress and Artemis and. <laughs> Yeah, here, here's the description. In this homage to the melodramatic made-for-TV movie genre, aspiring ballerina Mary Jane Stevens moves to a new town with her emotionally abusive mother in hopes of escaping her physically abusive father. And, uh, yeah, it was originally a play they performed at Upright Citizens Brigade. And it, it, it does kind of have that John Waters style to it, and it, it, it just goes way over the top, but I thought it was hysterical. Um, speaking of, of Lifetime originals, that was my... Uh... My New Year's Eve was spent, as it is every year, just watching movies. And one that I watched was, it's, it's called Terror in the Woods. And do you guys remember that uh, Beware the Slender Man documentary from oh, yeah. about two years ago? This is a dramatization of that case where two little girls lure a third into the woods and they try to kill her in the name of... It's not Slender Man in this thing. It's something like Sasamon or something. They, they call him something else in this... Uh, in this movie but um it's it's actually pretty well acted by the kids the the little girl who is the victim of the stabbing is it's it's heart-wrenching and the actual scene where they're trying to kill her which you know i mean it's a little bit of a spoiler if you don't know the case but but it happens towards the end of the movie it is just gut-wrenching i was i you know kind of needed to take a walk after seeing it and it's a lifetime movie it's you know you're Mm. you're like is you know this is not supposed to affect me like this so so what you're saying james is that lifetime did a better slender man movie than than slender man (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah then then slender it was it was better than the slender man movie that came out yes I will. I am saying that. Uh, also, New Year's Eve. After that, I watched uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, which I had seen before. Mm. And I wasn't a huge fan of it. But the second viewing, it kind of grew on me. And the best part about it was I had kind of forgotten everything about it. So the best jump scare in the movie, it got me. And it didn't get me the first time because it's in the trailer. But it's been so long since I've thought about the movie and been so long since I've seen the trailer that it that it got me again. It's the one where she's in the um, that irrigation pipe hiding. Oh, yeah. It, it, it got me, and I was like, oh, holy crap, that was good. Um, and as soon as it happened, it came flooding back. But it was just cool that it took me by surprise again that time. And then I capped off New Year's Eve with my third viewing of Halloween 
the uh, the new Halloween, and that holds up. That movie yeah. is just it, it's it's classic like the rest of the movies in the series. You know, it's it's that one's not going to get old. I I I love it. I can't wait because I pre ordered the uh, Best Buy exclusive steelbook where they use the uh, Mondo artwork for it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not the biggest steelbook fan, but that artwork's too gorgeous to pass up. I'm so pumped on that one. <laughs> a worthy investment. Uh, what else has has come out? I mean, not much has come out right now. I know oh. that. Have either of you guys seen Escape Room? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. So I guess we can't really talk about it. It's doing great, and I I want to see it, but uh, I guess we can't talk. I did see a movie that actually just opened last Friday. I, I think it's VOD. It's called Rust Creek. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's basically, uh, it's kind of a variation on the deliverance theme. You know, a, a, a girl gets lost in the sticks and a, a couple of helpful rednecks aren't very helpful and they assault her. So she runs into the woods and has to avoid them. But there's a twist to it. You know, it's pretty interesting. And, and it's funny cause she, I mean, she's not like a Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor type, but, but the, the girl's pretty badass in it. So it's a, it's, it's a cool cool little way to kill an hour and a half or an hour 40 would you say more enjoyable than like any of the wrong turn movies uh yes i would because the wrong turn movies turned into well they're on number eight or so there are nine and those just turned like like wrong turn two i think is a lot of fun i love wrong turn two the wrong turn movies are schlocky this isn't schlocky at all this is a more serious like it's no deliverance but it is more in that vein than it is the it's wrong term. So it's just more grounded. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's not like mutant cannibals. It is just, you know, inbred rednecks. <laughs> God, I love Deliverance. Like, it's that soundtrack alone it is... <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I have a soft spot for banjo. So that soundtrack to me is awesome. <laughs> and that was the movie that put the banjo right on the map. Yeah. And, and this is just a notice to anyone who plays banjo. Don't get pissed when someone goes, play the Deliverance song. Like, play Dueling Banjos, okay? Like, no one knows any other songs. Like, most people are, right? Like, Rainbow it. Connection. Is what? Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection. <laughs> it's either either Dueling Banjos or Rainbow Connection. Those are the two you have to learn. I think that the yeah. sheet music comes with every banjo for those two. <laughs> you have to. And and you know what? Don't, just, be, just be glad that someone wants to actually hear you play the banjo, okay? <laughs> like... And this is again coming from someone who who can't help but dance when the banjo is playing and dance ridiculous backwoodsy type dancing, like mm-hmm. like just just be okay with it, okay? It's it's fine. Uh, what do we got? Uh, <laughs> what do we got for the subgenre of the episode, Jacob? All right. Well, I just got the Critters box set from the fine folks at Scream Factory, so I wanted to talk Tiny Terrors, L- the little monsters that seem kind of cute or funny, but they can kill <laughs> lots of people, or just uh, they're just you know in some kind of horror hijinks. So yeah, I want to start off talking about Critters because it actually been a while since I rewatched the show but yeah man I love the critters so much because they are such assholes and they are proud of it and also unlike a lot of other uh tiny creatures like they they actually say fuck like they because there's because remember there's there's that great bit in critters 1 where the critters are outside uh D Wallace's house and are like they have weapons and the other critters like so what and then D Wallace stone uh blows the critter away with a shotgun and the other one goes fuck in in alien (laughs) subtitles before running off 
Yeah, there, so there's kind of a kind of uh, maybe humanization with the critters because they're foul mouthed jerks. All right, Critters is fun. I haven't watched Critters, which is surprising because this is one of my favorite subgenres. I mean, Gremlins is a masterpiece. Gremlins Two is the new batch. Is the new batch is one of the few where I'm like, wow, this sequel is better. And that's saying a lot because I love Gremlins. If you see, if mm-hmm. you saw one of my Christmas sweaters, you would know. But, uh, <laughs> but tell me, you're going to go to Hobgoblins next? Hobgoblins. Oh god, uh, Hobgoblins! 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 <laughs> no, actually, uh, Ghoulies has a special place in my heart. Yes. Granted, yes. I've only ever seen the first Ghoulies and the third one. Ghoulies go to college, which is. Yes ridiculous on so many levels but i did just get ghoulies one and two from the fine folks at scream factory it's nice to say nice things about them after everything yeah but uh yeah you know it's it's it isn't that like one of the like basics of horror is something that looks innocent or could be cute turns out to be evil i mean we've discussed this with kids and but critters it's even funner because they're more adorable i mean Target's tempting me with the singing uh, uh, gizmo plush right now, but... Don't get it wet. Yeah, I, 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 I can't be held responsible for anything, so... That's the entire trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cute little things. <laughs> <laughs> the original Tiny Terrors. Um, do you guys remember... Uh, the the actually they're the, the remake as well, but they're but they're cuter in the original. Don't be afraid of the dark. Mm. Oh well, the, I've the, seen the TV movie one. Uh, um, I haven't seen the TV movie one. I did see the Guillermo del Toro produced one though. Yeah, and that's the other thing too, though. Uh, I think it was mainly due to Gremlins that we got so many tiny terror movies from the eighties. And yeah. I imagine there was probably a bit of a budget concern with that, just because uh, you know it's probably cheaper to do cheap little monsters like that, like um, the Gate. Remember yes. the gate? Yeah, yeah, the and gate. And the gate too with Pamela Alden. I don't know that those were cheap because those were like like stop well, motion. Yeah, those were I claymation. Mean, they, yeah, no, well, I <laughs> yeah, mean just kind of more part. in a general sense because there were a lot of uh, cheapo ripoffs, like like you said, Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. Yeah, which is still one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater episodes, though. Oh, Hobgoblin from from the grip folks at Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all own Hobgoblins because it's been on their way. It, it, it was one of the ones that got down to like nine ninety nine. It's like just buy Hobgoblins. That and Nightmare Sisters. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen it, Hobgoblins. Ah. But maybe, maybe next time when maybe during my Ghoulies marathon that I'm definitely going to have shortly after this episode. Yeah, I'll throw in some Hobgoblins in there, followed by <laughs> some Mac and Me. Yeah, dude, you got to tell me what you think of Ghoulies too. Because I feel like Ghoulies 2 is underrated. It's the one that takes place at the carnival and, like, the Ghoulies take over a house of horrors. No, that just sounds perfect. Because the first one, (laughs) the first Ghoulies, it didn't quite know what it wanted. Like, there's a lot of camp comedy in it. But then there was also some, like, trying to be serious horror camp to it. Yeah, like the satanic stuff and I don't know. It was almost like the filmmakers didn't realize they were making a tiny monster movie where the monsters come out of a toilet you know but i feel like especially because the third one is radically different it's just straight up like a college frat party animal house meets the ghoulies yeah basically and it's just you know typical college hijinks just with these gross things and the puppetry in that is just it's almost it's almost on, on christian television public access level 
but it's awesome. Uh, and that was the thing. Ghoulies had the best tagline, they'll get you in the end. Just shows the ghoulie in the toilet. Which, honestly, <laughs> it, it wasn't until I got the Blu-ray did I did I get that. Like, it, it, took, me, it took me that long, which... <laughs> greatly upsets me i'm usually really quick with the poop puns and quips but ghoulies <laughs> you, you got me yeah they, they were too subtle and uh well cultured for you <laughs> well cultured <laughs> too highbrow <laughs> including that in my biography ghoulies was too highbrow for me apparently <laughs> and that's when i realized i need to need to uh, shape up 2019 need to need to improve uh, let's move on to our topic, which, uh, because it's a new year and it's a new us and we're so far, we're keeping our new year's resolution of, uh, keeping on schedule. Trying to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about some movies that are coming out this year that we're excited for. And I'm going to go first, just so neither of you two steal the one that I'm most excited for. I am most excited for Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, That's what I'm (laughs) Um, most excited for. Because, just because Get Out was so phenomenal, and I usually don't watch trailers, but when Us dropped the trailer, you know, a couple weeks back, I watched it, and now I'm even, I'm I'm in. I I, I have a feeling I'm going to watch anything Jordan Peele makes for the rest of his life. Even if he goes through a crappy movies phase, I'm going to... But only once. I'm a fan. Only watch the trailer once. That's what I've done. <laughs> yeah. With us. Yeah, I only watched it once. I've been tempted to watch it a second and third and eighth time. But I'm like, no. Just the once. Leave it at that. And uh, when I saw Vice, they played the trailer again. So it was interesting seeing it on a big screen. Because, uh, man, they're... Oh, man. like I, f- I feel like it's going to be like Get Out and that there's going to be so much to unpack from that movie. In the best ways possible. I've watched Get Out probably six times, and I get something new every time. And I'm hoping that all of Jordan Peele's movies are like that. I'm hoping they're just so layered that uh, that they stand up to rewatches. Uh, what are you guys excited about? Um, well, as for me, uh, this is going to be a little unexpected, but uh, I am most excited for the Alita Battle Angel movie. Which, uh, while definitely more in the science fiction action genre, uh, uh, definitely is rooted in horror to an extent. Because I'm an origin, I'm a fan of the original manga series, and it could get violent and brutal as hell. And uh, uh, yeah, and like if you've seen the trailers, you see there are some crazy cyborg monsters and designs. Like uh, there's uh, like a, a giant. It's like in the manga, there's a giant cyborg that eats brains because it gets them high. So that's just one thing to go through. Uh, of course, it's a PG-13 movie, but in the sense that you know it's mostly cyborgs getting chopped up, and they did that thing with uh, kind of like what Evil Dead Two did, where it's like green blood or off-color blood. But yeah, no, I, I've been waiting for this movie for over 15 years, so. I, I'm just stoked to see if it, uh, if it's as uh, good as I'm hoping. Right on, yeah. Korea. What's your? Let, let, let's do a round robin here. We'll, we'll each say one, and and so nobody monopolizes. Yeah, like because yeah. it's usually me that monopolizes. Uh, Korea, what's uh, what are you most excited for? Like the what? Like the one? Because I'm looking over uh, Kelly's like list, and there are so many good ones, and so many ones where I'm just like inherently want to see. But the one that the list he's talking about can be found on iHorror.com. Kelly McNeely, who you might remember from our episode, yeah, uh, when she guested, the only guest we've had, uh, she did a very comprehensive list. As Korea is finding out, 
Oh yeah, I've, I, dude, I've been I've been looking at this list for like a half hour before we even started recording, and I'm still like figuring out like, all right, which one, which one, which one. Uh, honestly, uh, there's so many to, to unload, but like, you know what, Brightbird, that trailer really yeah. got me. That concept really got me um, because I think that's that's awesome. We're getting so many. I mean, we're at the the height of the comic book movie era, I think, with just quality and also the amount that's being thrown at us. I mean, fuck, we've had three Spider-Man movies last year. Like, <laughs> or Spider-Man universe movies, because Venom didn't have Spider-Man, but we're getting past that. But, um, but yeah, Brightburn, just taking the basic concept of Superman and superheroes and turning that into a horror film uh, sounds awesome. Not to mention that it's written by James Gunn, and um, even, though, even though he's not directing it, like, I generally enjoy, like, the films that he writes. You know, even Dawn of the Dead had its moments that I really, like... A lot of what he did for the Dawn of the Dead remake, I like. What Zack Snyder did with it, I hated. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, Brightburn looks looks really cool and interesting. Uh, that and I'm doing a second one. Fuck you guys. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Just because mm. that was my childhood, man. I still have my trilogy book set from 20 years ago and love it and it's from alvin schwartz who did troll hunter and autopsy of jane doe with guillermo del toro producing like i'm hoping that it's going to be on the same caliber of del toro's other produced films like mama and um the orphanage you know things like that i'm just hoping they keep the same vibe from the books because it looks like they are but we don't really know a whole lot about that yet. So that one, that one's on my list as well. But backtracking to what you're saying about, about Brightburn and the, the superhero thing, another one of mine is Glass, which actually opens from the time this post, it opens this, that, the Friday after that. I've made my man crush on James McAvoy in Split widely known to anybody who will listen. Um, so I think it's going to be Wait, James, cool you like to Split? see... <laughs> I love Split and I love James shocked. McAvoy in it. I'm almost as uh, shocked as, uh, to hear that as like uh, Jacob with Mandy. Like, oh, <laughs> I guess Split is your Mandy, isn't it? <laughs> no, it isn't. I it, it I wouldn't say it wasn't even my favorite movie of that year, but it was my favorite performance of that year. But it, um, I think it's going to be cool to see what Shyamalan does now that he doesn't have to keep it a secret that it's a superhero movie. <laughs> you know? I mean, Split, you didn't realize it was an unbreakable sequel. Spoiler alert to a movie that's a couple years old and, you know, is re- the sequel's coming out that you already know. Um, it's a sequel to Unbreakable. And it was actually the post credit scene that told you that. And it's going to be cool to see what he can do with it now that the cat's out of the bag. And, and you know that Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis are teaming up with James McAvoy. I, I'm just excited. I think that's going to be a cool, especially from what I've seen, it looks like James McAvoy, we might get to see more than uh, more than six or seven of those 23 personalities now too. I'm just most excited to see more of McAvoy shirtless uh, sprinting <laughs> like a fucking puma. Yeah. yeah. Like like Rob Schneider in that was it? What was that movie? The Animal. The, the, the Animal. The animal. <laughs> <laughs> like even that I'm like... Damn, McAvoy. All right. You run on all fours, buddy. All right, what's another one of yours, Jacob? Uh, well, keeping with the theme of superheroes and horror, I'm very interested in the New Mutants coming out this year. Is it, it though? Was, well, I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> <Is it though? laughs> 
Anyway, I am excited for the new Mutants. Uh, I did see the trailer when that that was coming out, and uh, see, it's it just see well, you know, it just sounds like a pretty interesting concept. You know, having uh, the kind of super uh, hero genre mashed up with what seems to be kind of like a uh, haunted house or you know asylum situation with like these young mutants who are being held at like a mental institution so it has a bit of a legion vibe to it too and it's also got uh Maisie williams from game of thrones and i'm a fan of the original comics which uh did have a bit of a horror theme to it like they like the new mutants in in that comic like they fought ghosts and demons and stuff so interested in seeing how they play that out and yeah again hopefully it's coming out this year and it's scheduled to come out this year so i'm just saying i hope it comes out this year <laughs> yeah all right korea we, we should skip you because you did two but we'll let you have another all right What's next, one korea? more <laughs> you know <laughs> hey man I, I didn't want someone else to take that one <laughs> um, oh i i I'm with you, because my next one, I don't want either you guys to take, but I don't think you're going to, so yeah, bro, bro. hurry up and let me go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I'm super stoked on that I'm just finding out due to Kelly's article is a film called Little Monsters. Um, it, the buzz is that it's a horror comedy about a washed-up musician who teams up with a teacher and a kid's TV personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies, which hmm. I'm always down for... New concepts with zombies, especially since I think that's a very, um, you know, um, kind of washed genre at this point. And yet I still keep finding I have such zombie fatigue. I have such zombie fatigue. But and then, you know, there's always that one or two films that comes out a year that makes me go, "Ah, I can't. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. Honestly, I really enjoyed. But I loved it. Yeah, it it was. Cooties is another. But Anna and the Apocalypse, we already talked last episode how much <laughs> I love that. But yeah. Little Monsters, main reason is Lupita Nyong'o's in it. And, God, you know, she's going to be in Us. So apparently this, this year is the year for her to do horror. Um, my only reservation with that is it has Josh Gad in it, which I can't get on that train. You know, Josh, Josh Gad it doesn't do it for me. Uh, his whole shtick, his whole thing. Uh Olaf was the most unbearable part of Frozen, which I still don't know why I watched it, but I did. <laughs> and just just to see what the hype was about. And yeah, I, I, I just don't like Josh Gad. Just admit it. You rented it thinking it was the Adam Green Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going. Go for it. Uh, one that I'm super stoked for, and I, we've talked about it before. I've actually talked about it a few times before because every time something new happens with it, I bring it up. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Nice. Which, questionably horror, but I'm a Tarantino groupie, and it's about, well, we don't know how about, but it's about the Manson murders because yeah. we know Manson and Squeaky Fromm and Sharon Tate are all in it. So, we'll see where they go with it. Um I'm always down for a good Tarantino movie. I'm a little worried what the running time's going to be because, you know, Hateful Eight was three hours, but it was a brisk <laughs> three hours. I just hope if he goes that long, he gives us an intermission like he did with Hateful Eight because, you know, me and my half beer bladder, I got to get up and take a whiz in the middle <laughs> of those things. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what Tarantino does with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm, I'm excited. I got one and I'm surprised I'm mentioning it first, but... It Chapter 2 is finally Ah. coming out this September. Um, And yeah, like, the first one was such a huge hit. Uh, Like, of course, they wanted to get to the rest of the story because 
you know, for those familiar, you know, about the about these uh, kids in Derry that uh, find it the monster uh, haunting the town, but then it flashes, but then it flashes to the uh, present and shows them in their adulthood and having to come back together to try and fight it when it when it returns and they got a hell of a cast for great uh, they knocked it out of the park they they got people get james who mcavoy just like those kids yeah mm. i mean who's in it who's in it yeah mr <laughs> james mcavoy as well as jessica chastain uh, bill Hader, james ronson and of course everybody's favorite creepy clown bill skarsgård and the old spice guy they did a great job finding adults adult and most of them are a-listers yeah um that that could pull off what those kids look like it, it, there's the continuity is impressive in this cast extremely so and i'm i'm especially happy about bill Hader. well i'm happy about james mcavoy you of, course. of course you are <laughs> <laughs> now my my only thing is i have reservations with chapter two because you see it in the book and you see it in the original miniseries but the adult parts are like not good or at least not as good as the as the uh, kids yeah. portion. Um, that was definitely the weakest part of the miniseries and the weakest part of the book, in my opinion. So I really hope. And they did say that they are having a lot of flash. They are going to have flashbacks. They're shooting new stuff with the kids, you know. So hopefully they're incorporating a bit more into chapter two. But also I hope they beef up the roles a bit of the adults because I remember one character in the book and the miniseries, like, he commits suicide right off the bat as an adult. Like, the second he gets the call, he's like, nope, fuck this. Like, I hope they dive more into that. And there was just, like, a lot with, like, I I really do hope that this is one of those cases where they don't stick too close to the book, you know? Because, I mean, they, they, they did a really good job with the first one of balancing it out. But I'm really hope that they like flesh it out more because yeah, otherwise you're gonna have a really boring movie. I think. Yeah the the adult chapters are are not nearly as interesting as the kids ones, but Agreed. I think that they I think that they know that. So hopefully they're uh, hopefully they're gonna rectify that. And they've got a hell of a cast. Yeah, hell of a cast, hands down. You j- you could just tell that that cast to improvise, and they come up with some big chill type shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Chastain, like, after uh, Molly's Game, dude, forever a fan of her after that movie. She just owned that shit. And that was the thing. She she was the one herself who pushed for the role of adult Beverly, because after it came out, she's like, I want to be Beverly. And everybody's like, yeah, she should be Beverly. And she's worked with Andy Muschietti in Mama yeah. as right, well, so they're right. familiar with each other. So so she, not only did she push for the role, she knew who to push for the role to, you know? Yeah, <laughs> she probably perfect. just picked up the phone. Yeah, I was like, oh, hey, Andy, I want to do this. And he's like, oh, am I going to say no to Jessica Chastain? <laughs> I was about to say, I'm sure that wasn't too much of a fight that they, that they put yeah. up against her, like, I don't know, Jessica. Do we want to have you in our movie? It's like, shut We were hoping for Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Who was phenomenal in Paddington, I must say. Oh, my God. Have you seen Paddington 2 yet? Oh, I I can't. Here's the thing. I can't watch it at work. I can't watch it at home because Lindsay, for some reason, does not want to watch Paddington at all. No, 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 no. What's her phone number? I will get her to Paddington. Those movies. The second one with Hugh Grant is. I mean, dude, there's like McAvoy level genius coming out of Hugh Grant in Paddington too. It's it's incredible. You're saying he was better in Paddington too than Man from Uncle because he was he was 
awesome in oh, Man from Uncle. Yeah. I think Paddington 2 is the high point of Hugh Grant's career. That is a bold statement, James. <laughs> and I stand behind it. All right, let's let's move on to uh to actual horror though. Yeah. <laughs> who did we, who did we leave off? I think it's it's Korea's turn. Well, uh, I kind of want to Spit, spit off some uh, spit off a few because there's a bunch of sequels and reboots that are coming yeah. out that maybe we're not <laughs> super stoked on, but they're noteworthy at least. Worth Let's just start spitting them out. First of all, I'm gonna regurgitate this fucker out. Uh, happy Death Day to you. The <laughs> movie I yeah. was so angry to find out was made. <laughs> it's got a great title though. I'll give it that, but other than that. Nope, on in my book. I'm sorry, I didn't. I, yeah, my my opinions on the first one are well known. Uh, but on the flip side, Soska Sisters doing a remake of Rabbit sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about that one. That I'm skeptical because Cronenberg is probably the closest thing to a favorite director I have. Yeah, but I mean, I trust that they'll take it a, a different enough direction that it'll. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I'm going to be comparing it to Cronenberg, honestly. And no. and that's that's my thing. I will always be reserved when it comes to someone remaking a Cronenberg, especially early Cronenberg, because that's his, him at his like weirdest for me at least. Um, and is oh no, it absolutely is his weirdest. But I am excited to see what they do with it because I love the Soskos, you know, and I think that they're going to do at least something fun with it, you know. Mm. Um, Another reboot, remake coming out, uh, Hellboy. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. Yeah, (laughs) that trailer did not impress me either. Um, I hope it's good. I really do. I love Hellboy. I've already accepted that Guillermo del Toro is not involved. And and no Ron Perlman. Huh? Yeah. It's not, that's like, that's like Pinhead not being Doug Bradley. But that went over so well. (laughs) (laughs) The jury is so far out on this new Hellboy because Hellboy is Ron Perlman to me, so... I don't know about that. But we'll see. I thought you were going to take us to the Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty excited for it, if only because it's the guys who made uh, Starry Eyes are behind yeah. it. Mm. And, yeah. and John Lithgow? Yes, John Lithgow. John Lithgow? And, and of course, John Lithgow. I mean, God. Oh, yeah, John Lithgow. Forever man crush right there, John Lithgow. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not? It's a beautiful man. Yeah. What, what's, uh, what's another remake sequel that you guys are... Well, it, a kind of remake sequel... Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes. I am really excited for it. Oh, I'm so fucking pumped for that. I am. I'm I'm just a Godzilla, you know, freak anyway. And it looks like that, you know, I mean, it looks like they're going to have Rodan, uh, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. I don't know if Kong's going to be in this one. I think they might be saving him for King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they'll probably do or like an end clip. There'll be a post credit or something. And yeah. also, and also, I gotta say that I am so stoked that Godzilla is going to be smashing my hometown of Boston. Yeah, because <laughs> you yes. see in the trailer, like I think Godzilla or one of them showing up in Boston. So I want to see the uh, King of the Monsters smash the Green Monster. It's a badge of honor for any major metropolitan city. Is he going to take out Tom Brady's house <laughs> or Brad Marchand's house? You wish. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Oh God! <laughs> I just want to see him destroy a little bit of uh, Southie. You know that place needs a needs a good cleaning up. Uh, I want I want to see him smash all the uh, high rise apartment complexes 
Yeah. Because yeah. fuck, fuck those. I got to see Jurassic Park 2 destroy my hometown, so now you get to see <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters, do yours. That's probably the only enjoyment out of Jurassic Park 2. Oh, no, I, wait, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Jurassic World... Uh, Fallen Kingdom. My my apologies to Lost World Jurassic Park. My apologies. <laughs> what what else we got coming out? Child's Play. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah Anyone else forget one. that they're remaking Child's mm, Play? I forgot. That's um yeah that one. I, I'm I'm the jury is so far out on that one too. I don't know if we need a new Child's Play. Honestly. Okay, I got one. Uh, I. I'm stoked for The Lighthouse, the new uh, Robert yes. Eggers movie with uh, cool. uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, do, do they play Do they play a, a father-son? Do you know? Because um, they could. Because I could totally see that, yeah. Yeah, they I'm, I'm, I'm looking could. at Kelly's article, and she has a side-by-side of Dafoe and Pattinson. And the resemblance, now that you mention it, is uncanny. Yeah, they, they I could see that. Like, if Robert Pattinson lost a... And, he, and I'm not saying he has a fat face, but if he lost, like, a little bit more in his face... Yeah. But oh, Defoe is gone, yeah. They totally... Oh, man. It's They're going to make some weird faces in that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a That's the thing. It's a period piece set in 1890, and, uh, yeah, I just think it's about them as lighthouse keepers, and I've heard uh, there's going to be some... Uh, there may be some sea monster action in there, and I'm all about sea horror, so... Uh, pretty interested to see where Eggers comes up with, especially because he's basically making another New England horror movie because, you know, The Witch was in Colonial England, and this is set during uh, uh, Wailing New England. Along the same lines as that, another a new movie from someone who had a big breakout is uh, Under the Silver Lake, which oh, is yeah. the... Um, the guy who made It Follows a few years back. Now, I don't know if Under the Silver Lake is actually a horror movie. I've heard that it is not. Yeah, I heard it's just kind of a weird neo-noir. Yeah, like a fantasy kind of a thing. Um, I'm a little worried because it has a two hour and 20 minute running time, which, you know, I mean, we're, I was just talking about Tarantino can do that all he wants. And I think PTA can do it all he wants, too. I'm not sure that uh, David Robert Mitchell from It Follows <laughs> can pull off a movie about an hour longer than it should be but maybe i'm wrong maybe it is maybe it warrants a two hour and 20 minute running time also backtracking to uh sequels that we're excited for three from hell yes i was actually just about uh, to mention that i am i have kind of a love hate with rob zombie because <laughs> yeah it basically either i love or i hate his movies <laughs> and uh but but the devil's rejects is one that i have loved Oh, yeah. Uh, so hopefully it, I mean, I, I can't wait to see how he explains how those three are still alive because it kind of looked like they were Bonnie and Clyde to death at the end of Devil's Rejects. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how he miseries them out of that one. <laughs> yeah. It gets them out of the cock duty car. Yeah. <laughs> out of the cock duty I need to, I need to start saying that more. Cock a duty. That's something I need we to bring that back. Yeah, I swear a lot. So uh, you know what? That's one of my New Year's resolutions for this podcast. Number one, see more movies so that I can actually talk to you guys. And number two, instead of swearing, let's say cock a duty. Speaking of, anyone else forget that they're making a cock a duty movie adaptation of Are You Afraid by of the Dark? 
and that yes, and that TV DJ show. Caruso is attached to it. No, that part I did not know. Is that a movie? I thought they were doing another TV series. Is it a movie? Uh, no, they're doing a movie version. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, DJ Caruso, um, who did Disturbia and then Eagle Eye, and then just kind of disappeared for a little bit and then came back with triple x return of xander cage which was <laughs> you know i i, I love triple x one and three two doesn't exist in my books but <laughs> two is worth it just for that ice cube cameo in the third one but yeah that's just that's interesting i'm interested enough just from that yeah him being involved I'm interested enough to, yeah, why not? Give it a shot. Goosebumps was fun. So as long as, you know, they do something along that those lines of fun with it, why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in seeing what they do with it because, you, know, you know, basically the whole format is just a bunch of kids go out in the woods to tell scary stories. So, I mean, prob- it could be something like that where they draw for multiple stories or could be even a new anthology movie you know kind of like uh the tales from the dark side of the movie so mm. yeah we don't know a whole lot but um yeah i'm interested in seeing how it shakes out because uh, like i was because i grew up on are you afraid of the dark like i i, I watched i watched that all the time on nick at night yeah or, or snick snick i hope they do something completely different with it like they did with goosebumps where you know they they had already had a tv series that did all the goosebumps books mm. so what goosebumps did was basically make the books come alive in a different way right i i kind of hope they do something like that with it because we've already seen you know we've already seen the tv show right so let's you know i would love to see the campfire story. maybe the campfire stories follow them home or i don't know but see, that's just ripping off goosebumps. So. Well, either way, there's going to be a movie, and so we'll see what how they did it. Yeah, whatever they whatever they do, we'll we'll find out soon enough. Yep. All right. Now, what is what is something that you guys are a little baffled that's coming out? Like, I'm not saying like let's shit on something, but just like you're kind um, of like, really, they're doing that. Um, well, actually, before we get on that topic, there is one other movie I wanted to talk about uh, a little seriously. Oh, go for uh, it. Yeah, uh, Alexandre Aja, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Alexandre Aja, the uh, director of Piranha 3D and High Tension, all those, is uh, coming back with a new horror movie next er, this year uh, called Crawl. And it sounds pretty interesting to me because it's about a woman trapped in a flooding house during a Category 5 hurricane as she finds herself in a fight for her life against alli- lots and lots of alligators. And uh, so it, it's, it sounds like a pretty simple concept, you know, just woman trapped in a flooding house and there's a bunch of alligators. But, you know, again, going off of uh, Piranha 3D and his other movies, it's going to probably be brutal as hell. Sounds like something out of a out of a news like news headline from florida (laughs) in the inquirer woman's house invaded by gators florida woman survived five days with house full of gators during last hurricane she had to eat the gators to survive what is uh okay what i i can't think of any that like you said that are that are baffling me what what do you have in mind for that when you asked well it's just so like all right, so there's there's. A I mean, I got, I'm kind of baffled that they're remaking Child's Play. Yeah, I'm with you but, on that. But but we we already kind of discussed that. So what? Uh, well, they're doing a prequel to The Grudge, and <laughs> okay. huh. and that's coming out later this year, which is is interesting to me. First of all, it's from the director of Eyes of My Mother, which is good. Um, but it's just like. 
Why? You know, I thought we were kind of past the whole remaking J-horror thing, and I I really thought Rings would have definitely put the final nail on that coffin of trying to, like, reboot those, those franchises, because they had their time in place then, and Rings killed Friday the 13th reboot, so you would think <laughs> it would kill any plans to redo Grudge, but here we are with a, with a, with a, I guess it's a prequel? Uh, to to the grudge there's really not a whole lot that's out about it but apparently it's slated to come out in june well, i mean that's kind of the weird thing because if well i guess it depends on how far of a prequel and in what context we're talking because if it's a prequel then that means it happens before there's a ghost or a curse because that's what it's all about you know so yeah, but it's just a rumor that it's a prequel again not uh, much is not much is out on it but uh arrow is putting out a pretty dope set of the uh original japanese series like Hmm. the first three uh wow as like a uk exclusive which very tempted but i don't know if i want to drop like 50 bucks on that right now i will say i did really like uh uh the ring versus the grudge that came out a year or two back (laughs) uh and they released it on Shutter. Like, did you guys see that one? No. Yeah. But I remember the promotions they did for that. Where yeah, they had the promotions like, were the best. <laughs> they had kind of like when like... they promoted Freddy versus Jason or Alien versus Predator. Like they yeah. had the Grudge Girl and the Ring Girl. Like uh, throw out the first pitch. At yeah, a throw baseball out the first game. pitch in the baseball game. <laughs> that was awesome. That was... But that that movie was crazy because it wasn't really about those two. It was about that that one. Was he blind? Yeah, the blind psychic. The... Yeah, the boys like who was like fighting them. That guy was. Crazy. Although I, I, I thought it was an actually pretty scary movie. But again, you know that was done by uh, the Japanese studios, and this is uh, an American remake prequel, I guess. But uh, yeah, though it is interesting to hear that the director of Eyes of My Mother is doing it because I really love that movie, and that was kind of an artsy type of film. So I wonder if they'll bring that same kind of aesthetic to The Grudge. Yeah, so. but it's also just kind of like, huh? Really? Okay. Yeah, it is an odd concept. Uh, I gotta say, again, not not trashing it because again, we don't know uh, much about it except who's attached to it, and apparently, it's coming out real soon. But you know, that's still just it's a, it's a, it's a little baffling. <laughs> say the least. Uh, what what else we got that's coming out? Let's let's start wrapping up. Uh, well, did we talk about the Jacob's Ladder remake? Because that's baffling in a whole other way. Well, the Jacob's Ladder one, I guess it's shelved. Yeah. Um, so it may so not even times. come out. Yeah. But that one is kind of, I mean. Dude, they've been doing test screenings for that for two years. I actually almost went to one. They turned me away at the very, like, they literally brought in a bunch of people before me and Lindsay like like we got to the door and they right when it got to us they started going all right guys here's a voucher for a free movie to see so we saw uh crazy rich asians instead but like that's that's interesting that like it's been test screening for so long and they still are like no we can't release it so it's not ready makes you wonder like is it really that bad or is the studio just like not chill with what was made you know i don't know it it's uh we may never see that one (laughs) You know what is supposedly um, coming out, but I think it might be getting dumped to Netflix is uh, that we've also been hearing about for like two years. Polaroid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that on the list. Yeah. Supposedly that it, it's getting dumped to Netflix, though, which is fine because then we'll get to see it. But uh, maybe it's it's not good that we're going to get to see it if it's, if it's that bad. 
Yeah, but Netflix is trying to not be the the dumping ground for stuff. Like apparently they they turned away Sherlock and Watson. You know, oh, Holmes and Watson. Yeah. So I think they kind of learned their lesson where like they can only get away with that so many times, you know, especially after. They're trying to be big players in the film. I mean, they have the new Coen Brothers movie and the new Alfonso Caron movie, both of which are awards contenders. Roma is actually cleaning up awards. It won a couple Golden Globes. Yeah. Yes, it did. They're they're trying to become... So they might want to be less of a dumping ground just because they're trying to be taken more seriously as a film distribution company. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. What doesn't make sense is that Roma, a movie that... In my opinion, the only reason to see Roma is because of the cinematography. I wasn't a big fan of the story. So that should be seen on the biggest screen you can find. So the fact that people are going to be watching it on their iPads just kills me. Okay, David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) How can you be watching it on a goddamn phone? <laughs> you know? Ooh, that, was that, that was a great clip. I remember that clip vividly. <laughs> yeah, my impression was um, terrible, though. I I could do better, but I won't try. Well, let's uh, let's start wrapping this up. Um, this is by no means a a uh, comprehensive list. Uh, if you want a more comprehensive list, go to iHorror and look up Kelly's list that, uh, honestly, we've been pulling off of for most of this episode mm-hmm. because she actually did the work for us and we are just the talking heads. Yeah. Uh, honest, <laughs> honestly, we, we did have our list set before we looked at this, yeah. but Kelly found some like really good stuff that we didn't think of. So yeah. we yep. weren't just going, oh, let's just read off her list. Like she, she, she did a great job. I, I think that. We all mentally blocked the fact that there was going to be a child's play <laughs> remake. This uh, yeah, because that's oh, too that's dr- bad. True, too dramatic. Let us know what you're excited for. If we missed one of your favorites, or if you agree with us about being excited, go on over to our Facebook page, the Iron Horror Facebook page, and uh, let us know what you are excited for. Yeah, and fingers crossed that they announce and surprise release. Rampage 2 this year, you know? Yes. That would be, that'd be great. It, what would it be? More ramp? What would, ooh, possible Rampage titles Rampage World time. Tour. More. Like the games. Yeah. Rampager. Ooh, Rampager or Rampagest? <laughs> no, no, no. Rampagest. Live free or Rampage Hard? Uh, uh, more Rampage. Rampage with a Vengeance? Rampage with a Vengeance. Rampage Harder. <laughs> Ah, oh, jeez. All right. Let, and on that, Rampage Harder. That's <laughs> that's the one, Rampage Harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our, our theme song is uh, Restless Spirit. I almost said DMP. Huh. Is Restless Spirit. So go and rock with them. Our artwork is Chris Fisher. So go and rock with him. Uh, where can we find you guys on the Twitters, Jacob? You can find me on the Twitters at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J-A-C-O-B-D-A-V-I-S-O-N underscore. And Korea? And you can find me on social media sites such as Twitter and Instagram as uh, Korean Barbecue. That's C-O-R-R-E-I-A and BBQ. And uh, don't forget to check out iHorror on Twitter, Facebook, and also Stardust. And you can find me on Twitter at Cinema Ferite, that's Verite, but with fear, so it's F-E-A-R-I-T-E. And you can find all three of us at the Eye on Horror Facebook page, the Eye Horror Facebook page, or uh, 
I don't know, G's at our houses. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> find show us up at on our, our porches. <laughs> I'm already I'm already having enough issues with like this homeless person who keeps like leaving hurricane malt liquor cans and used needles in my parking spot. I ah. I don't need people showing up here. <laughs> All right. Well uh okay, don't then then just show up on my porch and uh <laughs> And 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 I'll call the dogs off. And I'll be at an undisclosed location like Dick Cheney. <laughs> Your bunker in the ground? Yeah. With my man-sized safe. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, that's going to be it for us. Uh, uh, I'm James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. <laughs>